What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? We got another great show for you again this week. Um, I get a little bit drunk towards the end. You know, I've been drinking uh, throughout the show. So, and you know, I might have had a beer or two before we started recording. And I, to me, it's pretty evident. Not as bad as uh, some past shows um, when I'm talking over my brother the whole time. But he was a sport. You know, I think he, he gets me by now, but still feel kind of bad listening back to it when I edit the show and put all the sound, all the uh, songs, uh, the, the music bed. But uh, anyway, nevertheless, we talk, we have, we talk a lot. We talk a lot about a lot of different subjects during the beer news. I think the World Cup comes up, of course, and I have uh, some pretty strong feelings about that. Um, Christmas movies come, come up and I have strong feelings about that. Oh, uh, Go figure, right? And then uh, the cold brew list. Great cold brew list. I don't know if, how many WWE fans are, are out there. My brother and I used to watch um, all the pay-per-views on VHS, though, because Santa Clara County did not have uh, pay-per-view access. Well, the city of Santa Clara, I should say. Maybe San Jose did. But, yeah, where we are, Cablevision. Santa Clara Cablevision. That was the name of the cable company back then, and we did not get pay-per-views. So, um, but anyway, nevertheless, we, we still watched all the Survivor Series, and he breaks down the top, I think, 10? Yeah, or 15 uh, Survivor Series teams of all time. I think it was teams that won their, their match. But. And one thing I forgot to add uh, during that segment, uh, you know, we, uh, I went based, I, rate, I rated them, each of the teams he named off, and then I give my favorite teams uh, at the end. Um, a lot of times, I mean, I think every single time, it all had to do with the narrative, uh, the way the uh, um, WWF or WWE, depending on which era, was going at the time with all the storylines and everything, especially way back in the day. So there was a lot of, uh, um, you know, team versus team matchups because of the way the storylines were going. There was uh, clear cut faces and heels back in the day. So I forgot to mention that because um, we do. Uh, um, kind of uh talk about the opposition to each for each team and how we like some of the other teams better so they may have lost but that's because the uh, um the narrative um really drove uh the you know the results so anyway um don't forget to follow us on instagram and untapped search cold brew podcast so without any further ado it's time for another cold brew Coming at your pre-recorder from Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Uh, it's beer. How you doing today, man? Because we just recorded yesterday, so quick, super quick turnaround. Uh, yeah, quicker than normal. However, I'm doing all right. Yeah, same here. Had a, had a great day with my daughter today. You know, Saturdays are like my days, my long days. Had a really fun day today. We we did some painting. We did some uh, basketball. We played. Uh, we didn't play horse. We played pig. I'm like, well, why don't we play cow? Doesn't that make more sense <laughs> when, it, when it comes to basketball or when it comes to farm animals? You know, horse and cow like go together. Why pig? I don't get it. Yeah, I get it. Pig's more fun though, I guess. Anyway, uh, I yeah. won the I, I won the first game of pig, and she won the second game of pig. 
Well, yeah. I know, right? Like, yeah. You get the dunk. <laughs> yeah, I can't dunk, man. She can, she can, and I can't. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a fun day, man. I had a good day today, but I'm ready. And and I bought a uh, one of the, uh, the 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 variety packs from Sam Adams. They got like six beers in that shit. They got like a black lager or the oh, wait, wait. yeah. Where do they got this year? Oh, they have a black lager, a cold snap IPA, um, the old fezzy wig, the winter lager, the uh, I think they have a, a white ale, a winter white, and then uh, the the regular Sam Adams, the true the standard, uh, the Boston Boston lager. They have the uh, what you call the the chocolate box. Not not in the one I got. Maybe, maybe they might have it later yeah. on in the uh, in the season. I don't know. No, you don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I, I I enjoyed it, man. I I really liked the uh, the the cold snap, and I would, I didn't mind the fezzy wig, even though it got a little spice to it. I didn't mind it whatsoever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of cold snap. I'm surprised it wasn't that one, but that's cool. I mean, I'm not going to argue. Right. Um, I'm a fan of the chocolate, but yeah, remember. I remember. I, I yeah. know I didn't get it last year, but I believe the year before that, mm -hmm. um, and a few years before, regularly I, I would buy. Yeah, I'd buy the variety pack just for those beers. However, or just for that beer. But you know the, uh, you know the, you can't go wrong with regular Sam Adams Boston Lager. You know, and uh, the winter ale. In fact, I got some winter ale. I was sipping on earlier today. Winter winter lager. I think you mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, it, it, it is a good one. I I got that one a a, a few weeks ago. Yeah, you ready to uh, untap our beers? Or at least pop open our beers. Yes, I am. All right, so today I have in front of me from our new friends. They are out of, hold on. They are out of Eloy, Arizona. Or is it Eloy? E-L-O-Y. I don't know, man. Some of the pronunciations around here are so weird, like Prescott instead of Prescott. And Casa Grande instead of Casa Grande. Um, so I don't know. It could be Eloy, could be uh, Eloy, could be Eloy. I don't know. Uh, anyway, they, it, I have uh, from. Yeah. Don't forget, don't forget, Phoenix yeah. instead of Pahone. <laughs> there you go. Or I, I called it uh, Tonopa, and when it's Tonopa, I'm like, oh, excuse me, sorry, didn't mean to to bring my California pronunciations around here. Um. So I have from uh, Eloy, Arizona, Ranch Hand Brewing. New to me, new to us. And I got their Micro Burst Hazy IPA. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. And it says to find out more, scan here. It has a uh, QR code on it. So I thought it would be fun. I was going to look it up and then I saw the QR code. I'm like, you know what? For the show, let's let's do the QR code. Um, dude, I, I have a coworker of mine. He and his wife uh, went out to eat during the pandemic, right? And they saw that they had um, digital menus with the, the QR codes. And he got upset because he like had to download an app to scan the QR code and then do the QR code and check out the the uh, um, the menu. I'm like, man, you just have to open your camera and your phone. <laughs> your phone will already recognize the QR code. So really? I go, yeah. Because <laughs> he got mad. He said he, he like, he totally, like, uh, boomered the uh, the the server that they had uh, that day. 
I'm like, dude, you, you, you know, uh, yeah, Un- unsophisticated, right? I, dude, do personally, I don't know about you, but personally, I love the fucking QR code uh, m- menus. I'd rather look at it on my phone than, uh, you know, grab some menu that is some, you know, twelve year old kid like spilled his spaghetti on like, you know, two hours before. Yeah, or even someone just sneezed into it or something. <laughs> See, like you even got more disgusting than me. But so you get it, right? You understand. <laughs> All right, yeah. so so I scanned it and it it goes right to their 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 website. It's got a write up on the whole thing. Like it's it's like a two paragraph write up. But what I'm just gonna tell you that the uh, hops are uh, mosaic, cashmere, mandarin bavira, and citra. So it's gonna be super. Super duper citrus, uh, from what I could tell. So anyway, uh, without further ado, oh, uh, uh, did I mention it's 6.4% ABV, 58 IBUs, and a 4.1 SRM. So here we go, Papa. Yeah. What do you got? I have your favorite style of beer of all time. Ooh, IPS? I have... From 21st Amendment, their Brewfy or Die Cold IPA. Oh shit, cold! Yeah, the cold brew, fra- cold brew favorite. So yeah, it's uh, the cold style IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see what it says. Our cold IPA is like a crystal clear uh, bluebird day with the anticipation of epic powder and long run, with a lighter body and and fruity new world dry hopping it delivers bright hop aromas and a bold clean finish that will leave you craving more nice. 6.50 percent uh abv uh 65 IBU. any further ado pop nice so mine i was t- i was busy taking a picture of mine because i'm very vain <laughs> taking a selfie with it no what i was doing i was trying to get the uh the mixing board and in and, and so i haven't had a chance to sip so it pours like actually it, it's it's a lot darker than i thought it was gonna be um it's it's more like a uh maybe a gold copper copper gold gold copper it's, it's, they said like fuck silver you no know, right right in between Oh, that's pretty good. Wow, it's got like a clean finish. Like so, like a lot of these hazies are like like smooth and and it, it lingers a little bit. You know, it's got a little bit of a, a silky mouthfeel. This is does have a, a medium a mouthfeel to it with a uh, a nice clean finish. Um, citrus, as I as as I said, maybe a little bit of berry and a slight like tropical fruitiness i don't know this this is a this is good this is really good this is ranch hand brewing huh i don't i have no idea anything about them like i know a lot of like a lot of uh valley uh breweries and and maybe up north and a couple down south but this eloy uh, this is the first time i've ever heard of these guys and i got this over at total wine so they got a they got a distribution partner that that brings them up here to the valley so um yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to look up real quick. Where is Eloy, Arizona? Let me ask Siri. Uh, where is Eloy, Arizona? 
And without looking, do you think it's north or south of me? Ooh. I'd say so. All right, here we go. And oh yeah, you got it. Yeah, you're right. And it is south. It's actually uh, closer to me than Tucson. It's about an hour and a half away from me, and Tucson's about two hours away from me. So it's a little bit, you know, it's a half hour closer. So, wow, good, <laughs> very good, very good, a very good guess. It's really good. Uh, I, I will expound on it later during our untapped portion of the show. So, how's your beer treating you? Uh, I'm liking this one, man. It's uh, well, it, I have a cold because I had it in our, our cold fridge. Um, yeah. But the yeah, the look of it, it, it's a nice gold with nice uh, white typical foam head that yeah. you would expect from a beer. So it, mm-hmm. it, it looks very picturesque, if you will. Um, sweet. It, it's got some nice sweetness, and it's got like those those uh, those floral aromatics. However, not too bitter. It, it, it's happy. You know that the, the IBU is sixty five, and that yeah. definitely registers. But it's definitely not over. and it's tame. Oh, very Which nice. I'm digging. Makes it good. Yeah. I, I love those cold IPAs, man. I think it's it's more than a fad. Like, those brute IPAs were a fad. This is more like a maybe a, a new trend. It, it's not going to catch on as big as Hazy's, but I think it's, it's a good trend. Right. I get you. All right. So we will, like I mentioned, we will rate these later during our untapped portion of the show. Um, just search for us on untapped cold brew podcast. But right now, it is time for the beer news. All right, first news story. I got four news stories this week. First one comes to us from CNN Business. Here's the headline. Coors Light creates a nail polish for drinkers to check beer temperatures. <laughs> you walking around sticking your dirty ass fingers. <laughs> right? Where those nails been? Uh, yeah. It's a new silver colored nail polish that, once applied, can turn blue if the beer is cold enough to chill the glass and then your hand. And it works with any beers, not ju- not with just cores, but cores got their name on it, so that's all that really matters, right? Right. If nail polish, I was say, uh, yeah. They should have done just like little uh, little mountain decals they could stick on your nail. That's a good idea. I mean, you see all those uh, people. Uh, oh, Pat Penny. Those <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see uh, Instagrammers showing off their nails that they just got did, and they you know, especially like during the holidays, they got the little decals on them. There you go. And you know what? Yeah. Like, what so if like, you get- this would be clear. This would be clear, and then oh, okay. you, you know. And you, 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 you dip put it your in. nails in the glass. And yeah, there it turns go. blue. Mm. Reminds me of those. Uh, remember those generic shirts we used to wear back in the in high school, where they change color like uh, in the sun with heat. The hyper color. Yeah, hyper color. That's it. <laughs> the hyper color shirts. <laughs> and you know what though? I mean. You know, I was thinking like this is more for like ladies because they like to paint their nails. But like, you know, th- there's some gentlemen out there who got coke, uh, coke pinky uh, nails. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, if nail polish, like a nice, uh, yeah. 
Then like a nice eight ball and cool like after a long hard day. Believe you me. Hey, you start the weekend right, man. Yeah. <laughs> eight ball and silver bullet won't let you down. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me read a couple lines from this story. <laughs> if nail polish isn't your thing, Coors Light already famously has colors changing beer cans that feature the San Juan Mountains that switch from white to blue. There you go. Instead of like, oh, you know, white to blue. Maybe not clear, but maybe white. Maybe white's your thing. It signals uh, when the beer reaches optimal drinking temperature, which the brand says is 42 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's that's for the the macro lagers. Then that that's not for these uh, craft lagers or craft ales. Hey, real quick, yeah, real quick. Like, but if you had the cocaine pinky nail, wouldn't you want like the mountains to turn white? Oh shit! There you go, man. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, the company co-developed, uh, let me see. Sorry. The company co-developed the $7 chill nail polish with San Francisco-based nail polish brand Le Chat and launched it Tuesday. This was like a, this was like a week and a half ago for sale on its website while supplies last. This isn't a pitch to only women. According to the company, Coors Light is targeting any beer drinkers who prefer a cold to warm brew. So yeah, maybe if you get the the coke finger, you know, maybe you wouldn't mind it being uh being silver and then changing to blue. All right, or silver <laughs> changing to white. There you go. Yeah, or white changes to whiter. <laughs> to whiter, <laughs> like eggshell to to pure white. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's move on. All right, uh, let me see here. Um, this is from Vine Pear. The headline is from cacti to coconuts. A new wave of alt water based beer is here. The official Texas state plant is the prickly pear cactus, which is which possesses hidden hazard to anyone operating a weed whacker. Accidentally strike the succulent and you'll likely get sprayed with water that tastes kind of like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Now we have prickly pear out here. It is uh, pretty pervasive. And a lot of beer, uh, a lot of brewers, a lot of breweries around here use prickly pear in their in their beers. Um, it really comes out, really stands out in sours more than anything else. And it also imparts like a pinkish hue to um, the beer that gets uh, that gets brewed. So I will say it, it, it is really good. Prickly pear is really good when done right. But now I guess uh, Texas red is, resident, residents will sometimes cut open a wild prickly pear to quench uh, his or her thirst. More commonly, he or she will make a refreshing Shiner lager packed with prickly pear fruit, which Shiner first introduced in 2012. I must say uh, this vine pear, I, I got to call him out because I've been saying his or hers and he or she, but they did not put that. They just said his and heel. So... Fuck those guys. Uh, in January, the company deepened its succulent commitment with the trio of Tex-Hex IPAs, including Hazy Desert Mirage and pineapple-scented Brujas Brew that features trippy witch artwork and a spiky signature ingredient, cactus water, which is basically you know, prickly pear is a, is a cactus. So yeah, so breweries are, are trying different things. You know, in fact, prickly pear and 
uh, coconut water, they are inherently uh, sweet and they have their own sugars in it. So I'm sure they also impart their own uh, ABV when the yeast uh, comes in contact. Makes sense. Yeah, and there's uh, another another brewery um, called San, or no, called Rising Tide Brewing. Rising Tide Brewing in Portland, Maine. I say Sanborn because the uh, the guy who uh, talks about it is uh, his la- Nathan Sanborn is the director of brewing operations and founder of Rising Tide Brewery in uh, Portland, Maine. Um, wondered about uh, seawater. What would get uh, what What would that give a Goza? He brewed test batches, one with local seawater, one with extra salt. Finding that seawater imparted a greater depth and complexity, perhaps owing to plankton, algae, and more microscopic critters. Seawater is more than just salt, says Sanborn. So this brewery's out there. Now they're, you know, they've experimented tons with grains, with yeast, with uh, the the hops, of course. Obviously hops. Um, bacteria, wild yeast. So, you know, there's breweries out there who are doing stuff now with water and not just, you know, changing the pH balance, but trying different types of water like cactus water and coconut water and seawater. And I'm 100% for it, man. I don't know about you. What do you think? I guess some people might might be uh, put off by it, if you will. Because mm-hmm. it just kind of, uh, it, it seems gross. Yeah. And, stuff, but, and I'm not saying go empty a septic tank into a, into a ladder ton, but you know, brewing's gonna <laughs> like brewing's gonna actually purify the water in its own right too. You right. Know? Yeah, but yeah, we've talked about it before on the show. So, yeah, so I mean, the, the the science behind it is is there to get it clean, and you know, of course, uh, you know, beer's got to be FDA approved. It just yeah, people kind of you know looking at these alt sources of water. Uh, you know, they might have a, you know, they might look down their nose at it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, eventually it's got to become the norm unless you want to start paying, you know, stadium prices of, of, of for beer at, <laughs> right. regular, at regular restaurants. And, well, some, uh, grocery store, you know, at yeah. a, at a original retail kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh you know, with craft beer, and I mean, I'm sure to an extent too, with the uh, with macro beer. You know, uh, being a uh, being what you call the uh, low carbon footprint or carbon neutral is, is become the norm with the craft breweries, and I'm sure the big breweries are trying to reduce theirs as much as possible because it shows a lot of uh, cost uh, effectiveness when doing so, right? Right. Yeah, man, I totally agree. There's a lot of California brewers so, that are doing it already. Right. So uh, what's the, the biggest ingredient in beer? Water. There you go. So they get, you know, 500 gallons of toilet water for 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to spend, but I have to spend like $35 for a sprig of hops now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sprig. You know, I, I do like the fact that they're trying Goza with, with uh, salt water, especially on the coast. I mean, because, dude, I mean, like, if, if you if you look at it, if you're on the coast, salt water is, like, fucking free. No one's going to charge you for that shit. 
Right. You can just go out and get buckets of it for free. <laughs> go out in a rowboat, you know, gra- you know, grab a pail, grab a few pails or a few uh, barrels. You can grab your own for free. No one's going to charge you. Especially Goza. I mean, it's, it's salty beer. It's supposed to be salty. So. All right, let's move on to the next story. This is this comes from Food and Wine. Uh, here is the headline: Brewdog made an official beer for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I gotta call. I gotta call shenanigans real quick uh-huh. because I, we've had on the show. I remember a while ago. It was back when I was still in California, and we did the show, you know, together at the same time. There was already a National Lampoon's uh, beer. It wasn't by Brewdog. I think, you know, they probably contract brewed just to get the branding on it. But, yeah, they already had a uh, a National Lampoon's beer. Do you remember those? They're like a Cousin Eddie's RV and all that shit. I forgot all the names. There's four you know, of them, though. The RV, you mentioned it? Yeah, the RV. But, yeah, I didn't know who made it, who brewed it, what, mm-hmm. the, uh, what the whole story was behind it. However, yeah, it it, it does very familiar now. Yeah. But anyway, so BrewDog's got a officially licensed National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation beer. It's called It's a Butte. And it's a 7.5% AVB porter. Eh, I already don't like it. Intended to make sure you have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas. Uh, let me see here. Um, plenty of Christmas movies are all-time classics. It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Story, Home Alone, Elf. Now this goes on. But no holiday movie captured the atmosphere of family dysfunction quite like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And if any Christmas flick deserves its own beer, Christmas Vacation is certainly near the top of the list. And now it's finally getting one. I don't know, man. Like, I would think Die Hard deserves its own beer, too. There you go. (laughs) What are you going to say? I don't associate Christmas vacation with family dysfunction. Hey, they, 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 you know, there's, there's a lot of strife, but yeah, I wouldn't call it dysfunction. Yeah, but, I mean, there's the the whole woes of being with family. However, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's attempts for positivity. Yeah, they're they're trying to keep but it together. The mishaps, it's the mishaps along the way. It's it's not like a negative movie, you know. Yeah, there you go. There's there's more mishaps than d- dysfunction. The results are, it's a butte, pecan, and toffee stout. Not, uh, like, well, okay, they call this a stout. Oh, same fucking story. <laughs> Two different parts, they call it a porter, they call it a stout. We can get into the, the semantics of between porter and stout, but I'm not going to get to that right now. Uh, Build as a beer that, quote, wraps all the warm and fuzzy feelings and flavors of the holiday season into one jolly can. The 7.5% ABV Porter, now they call it a Porter again, is said to offer notes of fudge, nuttiness, and vanilla. Okay, you know, I can get behind that. You know, you got chocolate, you got vanilla. I'm in. I, I might have to try this now. But then again, I can't get fucking BrewDog down here. Not yet, anyway. I know I uh, I think in mid-December, they're going to open their their brewery in... Or their, their tap room, I should say, in Las Vegas. But I don't know if I'll be able to get this beer. Uh, let me go on. Uh, with low carbonation and bitterness, as well as hints of roasted cacao and sweet toffee for a decadent, smooth, and roasty brew. Man, I would like to try this beer. 
just for the show if anything do you have a favorite uh, maybe it maybe it changes every year do you have a favorite uh christmas movie uh you know christmas vacation is up there mm-hmm. you know diehards up there yep uh, i'm trying to think what are like the five I know you mentioned four christmases I, i've never seen that one Oh man, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll circle back around. Keep going. Like, which ones do you want to see each year? You don't have to like watch them, you know, yeah. you know, ad nauseum. But like, just some ones like oh, I, I uh, saw that this year. I like well, Christmas Story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, um, I don't know if we talked about that, but like, uh, I didn't realize AMC was doing the the thing with the uh, with plane trains and automobiles for Thanksgiving, making it like the official Thanksgiving movie. Oh, they they were. I had no idea either. I love that movie. I I own the movie, so I don't have to watch it with, with commercials. Yeah, but it's like I think it's like the third year they, they in a row they did it where yeah, twenty four hours of uh, of PTA. You know, good for the the workers over at AMC because they can just throw it on you know on a loop and then just go home and hang out with their families. There you go. <laughs> Except for the intern, we got to throw the switch. Right, yeah. You still got to put the commercials in it. You know, I, I, when it comes to to Christmas movies, yeah. Um, so far, the ones I've seen this year, actually, already so far, for Christmases, you you mentioned um, Home Alone, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I've already seen it. I've already seen three of them. <laughs> I've already seen. And I didn't really care for uh, It's a Wonderful Life until just like a few years ago. Like it wasn't it wasn't big on my radar as far as Christmas Christmas movies go. But now I love it, man. I think it's great. Have you ever watched it all the way through? No. It's good, man. It is it is really good. I don't know I don't know what about it. I don't know if it's Jimmy Stewart or I think it's a Frank Capra movie if if I'm not mistaken. Um they just they they do a great job, man. It's not just like a kind of a Scrooged movie, like where like, what would you be, uh, you know, what would Christmas be like, you know, uh, an alternate Christmas? It, it's it's definitely it, it it hits it hits hard. I think now that you have kids, it it might hit you a little bit differently. Oh yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, kids soften you up, man. Fucking kids. <laughs> you love girls. them, <laughs> right? Oh man, it's so good. But yeah, you got to check a hey, four Christmases for those of you out there listening right now. If you haven't seen four Christmases, it's such a good movie. And that's, there's a lot of stars. There's a lot of great scenes. It, it's it's formulaic in the fact it's super Hollywood, you know, with, uh, you know, you got a lot of great stars and they have a lot of good setup and punch lines. But it's fun, man. It's a good movie. You know, what? I, I only watched it because my daughter liked it and she still likes it, but she used to watch it all the time, even like in like July, June and July. She used to watch it. Wait, and, I'm yeah. sorry, which one? The Four Christmases. Oh, yeah, that's the one I just been talking. Uh, uh, it, yeah, it's I, a, I, sorry, I think it dropped. It. it just all I heard was like you just start talking about the movie. I'm like, wait, which one? <laughs> okay, no, yeah, it's just fun. Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon. They're a couple. They're not married yet. They don't want to get married. Um, they don't want to, you know, have a big family because they come from two uh, broken families. Um, both yeah. of their 
parents divorced and, you know, started uh, second families. And then, you know, it's kind of cool. It kind of like wrote me in was they they're based out of San Francisco, the Bay Area. You know, they're, they're at SFO yeah. and they, they get fogged in. They can't go out to their their annual Christmas retreat where they go to like the a Caribbean island or something. And so they're on the news. <laughs> the news is at the airport and they they kind of get uh, put on live uh, a live news report. And all their families see that they're there and they're not going to go on vacation. So they're stuck and they have to go to each family. So there's four. So that's why they call it four Christmases because they got to go to all the four uh, the parents' houses. <laughs> and all four parents couldn't be couldn't be more different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, and uh, um, just to let you know, there's a... Uh, uh, what's that movie uh, Vince Vaughn is in with uh, uh, Swingers? There's a uh, a swinger. There's there's a couple. There's two actually. There's two swingers callbacks. John Favreau's in it, and uh, the guy who plays uh, the character Sue in uh, in Swingers. Remember Sue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he's in it too. <laughs> His character is probably might be the wildest of all of them. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh my god. All right, all right. I'll stop. I'll stop. But yeah, for Christmas is it's good, man. It's good. You, you got to check it out. If not this year, maybe next year. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to. All right. I think our parents might like it too. It, it's clean though. You know, it, it's wild and crazy, but it's it's a family friendly movie. I mean, my daughter's been watching it for like three or four years now. She loves it. Huh. All right, now I think I have one more. Um, let me get to my. Oh yeah, here we go. One last story. So you remember? Uh, I don't. You, you've seen it in the news. the The World Cup uh, was sponsored by AB InBev, and then what? Like tw- uh, the eleventh hour, the Qatari dude. They they knew this the whole fucking time. They wanted the money, and then all they said. Then all of a sudden they said, "Hey, uh, no alcohol at the games. No beer." How do you, I mean, I mean, I think it's bullshit. I'm, I'm sure you think it's bullshit too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, you know how to do this piece of shit that works for FIFA? Ooh, I hated his answer. His, his response was like, oh, so you can't go three hours without a beer or some shit like that? Yeah. It's like, you're missing the point, fuck, fuck you know? <laughs> no shit, man. I mean, uh, the, your sponsors, the people who help you pay for the fucking, the whole deal... You're fucking them over big time. But, uh, um, another reason why soccer is a joke, everyone. <laughs> uh, so here's the headline from Daily, the Daily Mail A Budweiser, AB InBev, uh, will seek 47 million from FIFA after a last minute alcohol ban. Ban, excuse me. Budweiser reportedly will seek around 47 million from FIFA, allowing or following the U turn decision on allowing alcohol to be sold inside stadiums at World Cup. Last Friday, FIFA announced that the alcohol would be prohibited from inside stadiums at tournament in an 11th hour decision, apparently motivated by pressure from Qatar's, Qatar's royal family. AB InBev, the brewing giant which owns Bud and dozens of other what beer brands. We're not royalty if they got shit. <laughs> 
uh, has a $75 million deal with FIFA to be the official beer supplier for the World Cup in Qatar and reportedly has another already in place worth around $112 million for the 2026 World Cup in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. All right, what are you going to say? I guess it's it's the risk of 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 holding an event like that in in a country that's uh, so governed and very, uh, I guess, uh, strict with laws. And um, mm-hmm. you know, so be it if that's how they want to live, but they, they got to realize that they're bringing the world to them. You know, and yeah. it's kind of like uh, it, it's bad hosting. I mean, I'm just be point blank. You know, nothing against the, the people of Qatar. But the government and the royalty, like, screw them. I mean, they really fucked this up. I've, I've, I've said it before on the show. Like, I was vehemently against the proclamation that Qatar was going to hold the World Cup. I mean, it, it made no fucking sense, man. Why give the World Cup to a a country that does not, is, is not a prominent world, uh, you know, soccer contender in the world? And... It, it, so it just screams of uh, a corruptness in in the FIFA um, hierarchy or whatever you want to call it. It just it's fucked up. I have not watched uh, one single minute on TV. I've kept up with it on on you know on ESPN uh, the app. You know I, I've checked out scores and everything because I am a soccer fan. I just I I personally want to boycott this uh, this World Cup because I think it's all fucking bullshit and. And I'm also upset because the, the U.S. has not, they have not done anything to present a team that would be in contention. And I've said that, I think I said that a couple weeks ago. So I'm pissed off at the U.S. Uh, U.S. men's national team. Uh, give me the, the the women's national team. I fucking love the women's national team. They need some donations. You know, hit me up. I'll, I'll fucking donate money to that team. The men's team? Fuck them, dude. They haven't done shit. You can't find 15 stellar athletes that are, you know, couldn't do baseball or football or basketball or lacrosse. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, speed, endurance, and yes, I mean, ball uh, skill. I mean, what's our population? Oh, like, uh, like about, what, even... 300 or 400, 300 or 400 million people? Somewhere around there? Okay, yeah. So we can't get 15, guys? <laughs> <laughs> right. They did something like, it was a while ago. It was like, I don't know, 10 to 12 years ago. But if, like, our, like uh, our pro athletes, like in the, in the other sport, in the, the top three, in the U.S., the top three sports are baseball, football, and, and basketball, right? Like, uh, which, right. if, if, our top athletes from them, from those sports, actually played soccer. Like which position they would play? Number one, the basketball. Unless you're a point guard, everyone else is like a little bit too tall for for soccer. They really are. I mean, LeBron James is never going to play soccer. It's just too big. Six eight, six nine. That's too big for right. soccer. I think maybe at the at the tallest, six three, six four. At the at the tallest. Otherwise, uh, you're you're going to be out. Like out finessed by smaller guys, right? The uh, the, the the quickness you 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 lose that that quickness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you got a lot hey, of you power. Know, you know that what? Big, I always yeah? thought, wonder. 
Okay, so uh, like you know, that's the thing too with the with high. Sometimes there com- there comes you know some uh, some lack of coordination. Yeah. Or limited coordination. You know, you're just too big. However, like if you are big and are coordinated, like Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, gosh, you mm. just dominate, right? Yeah. LeBron for his 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 stature, he's very coordinated. He's a big dude, yeah. but he's not like you know like that heavy. He did, but because he just got a lot of lot of lot of uh, mass and body tone. Yeah. What I want to go is, I wonder what his forty time. <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Because that's another thing. Of, I mean, being on the soccer field, I mean, you don't have to have like you know uh, defensive back speed, but you, you still got to be pretty fast, you know. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be like a for a length of time. It just has to be quick bursts. Because that's kind of what basketball is: just quick bursts every now and then, and then it's kind of like the reset on the change of possession. But once you uh, kind of get to the other end and, and go to make a play. You know, that, that's when the burst comes in. I think, uh, yeah, with, with basketball, hockey, and soccer, they're all about endurance. But basketball, there's a lot of timeouts. And hockey, there's a little bit more. Soccer, there's no timeouts. Right. And, and I think that's why it sucks. So, well, for U.S. television, it really sucks because they can't just say, oh, we're going go to go to commercial break right now. <laughs> all right, man. Um, that's all I have for the news. Um, so you know what time it is? I think I do. It's time for everyone's favorite segment on Cold Brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the Cold Brew List. As we As proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what give you, you need. Let me ask you this. Hmm. What wrestling pay-per-view is famous in the month of November? Ooh, November would be... Oh, one of the the four originals, uh, Survivor Series. Right, the Thanksgiving night tradition until they standardize pay per view. Right. Okay, so I have a list of the fifteen greatest Survivor Series teams ever. <laughs> Ooh, the t- oh all right. wow, okay, all right. Yeah, so I kind of want you to like keep a little record in in your head, and after I, I name up all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we'll uh, tell you the year they performed. Uh, let, let me get like your, your final four uh, teams, like like who would really, you know, get down if it came uh, in then to it. You know okay. okay? Yeah. So team number fifteen. Uh, in two thousand five, they represented Team SmackDown. It was Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, JBL, Batista, uh, and Bobby Lashley. Ooh, that's that's pretty good. Oh, that's a big team. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That's a big, that's well, a big team. Except for Ray, everyone else is really big. It, no, I meant like normally they're four, right? Normally the four man team. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The originals were four, I think. Yeah. Right. All right, all right. I, I I ranked them or I rated them. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So. uh in ni- in number fourteen in mm-hmm. nineteen eighty nine, what a year! It was the Rude Brood, mm. Rick Rude, mm-hmm. Mr. Perfect, and the fabulous Rujo. Ah, see, you had me till the Rujos. 
Right. Yeah. That. That. that yeah. I, I mean, I, I love. I love Rude. I love Mr. Perfect. He was one of my. He might be my favorite, like old school wrestler. But man, the Fabulous Rojo. Yeah. You're. You're. Jacques and uh, what was the other guy's name? They were both named Jacques. <laughs> Jacques and Jacques. Jacques and Pierre, I think, right? Oh, is it? Or Ramon? Something like that? Uh, anyway, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, I, I, I like the... Uh, I like 15 better, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, real quick. I forgot to tell you... Uh, they have the opposition of the team. So let's go back to 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Team SmackDown. The opposition, of course, would be Team Raw. Mm-hmm. Which was Shawn Michaels, Kane, Big Show, Carlito, and Chris Masters. Uh, I, I like Michaels and Big Show, but the other two, fuck that. I, I'd rather take uh, Mysterio and and all that. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, so Rude Brood, their opposition was Rowdy's, Rowdy's Rowdy's, which was Piper, Nuka, and the Bushwhacker. Uh, see, there you go. The Bushwhackers and the Rujo kind of canceled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're really right. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah, because, like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see Rude and Perfect just fight Snooker and Piper, you know? <laughs> Dude, that would have been great. I, I I like Piper when he was a bad guy. More, anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, number 13. Mm-hmm. This was in 1993. It was Razor Ramon, Randy Savage, One Two Three Kid, and Marty Jannetty. Oh man! <laughs> Until you had a Jannetty, I'm like, what the? F- this might, might be the greatest one, but yeah, Jannetty really brings it down. <laughs> Fucking coward. Right, but and then too. <laughs> hey, you know that Sesame Street, Sesame Street song that one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna read off the opposite. And you tell me which one is not like the other. <laughs> okay. IRS, Rick Martel, Diesel, and Adam Bomb. <laughs> oh, shit. What the hell's Martel doing in there? No, not just Martel, just Diesel. I mean, Diesel's like the star. Those guys are just talking about like a, a Scrubs and Stars team, you know? Uh, you know, but at the time. That's how I saw it. I, at the time, he he was he was still trying to earn his stripes. No, at the time he was still trying to hang on. I mean, all those other guys are, are way younger than him. Too. Martel's way older than than Diesel was. I thought. I thought Martel was like right. More like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. I'm going back to to your assessment, not mine. Oh, okay. I get it. All right. Right, number number twelve. I I don't know a lot of these wrestlers because uh, well, it's uh, it's Japanese ladies wrestling. I guess in uh, <laughs> oh, what year was shit. it? In nineteen ninety five. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. So it was is it Aja Kong, Bertha Faye, Lioness Asuka, and Tom- Tomoko Wantanabe. Yeah, was it not be uh, yeah. I remember her. And then um, they fought Alondra Blaze. Uh, oh. Kaparita, Asara, Kayoko, Inui, and Saki Asagawa. Again, I, I'm, I'm not making fun. I just don't. I, 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 I'm not trying to mispronounce anyone's name or be no. disrespectful. I just. Right. I mean, 
And don't get me wrong, uh, Japanese wrestling is some of the greatest uh, athletic wrestlers ever in uh, the women's division. I'm sure it's no joke. Just I, I'm not familiar with anyone except for Alondra Blaze. Blaze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if we so had, I think she was probably even. Give, I think she was even probably given a bone getting her name in this match. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and like this is my lowest ranked match so far. So go ahead, our team. Right. Number eleven, Team Kingston. Mm, all right. So it's comprised of Coffee Kingston. Oh, what? What, uh, what year? It's Kofi. Okay. Kofi, by the um, way. Kofi, yeah. It's a 2009. I'm sorry. 2009. Yeah. Kofi Kingston, Mark Henry, R-Truth, Christian, and MVP. Eh. Not a big fan. Only, only one champion right there. Right. And then it's a line team Orton, which is Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, CM Punk and William Regal. Way better fucking better team. team. Yeah, that is a way better team than the Kofi team. <laughs> and then that Ted DiBiase is a Ted DiBiase Jr. Just yeah, I figured that. Yeah. Ooh, oh my God. Pretty good team coming up at number 10 in, in uh, 1987. Oh, yeah. Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat, Jake Roberts, Jim Duggan, and Brutus B.K. Damn. Well, there's five guys there, so, like, it, it, it fluctuated between five and four. That's that's almost perfect right there. Yeah. For me, that's almost a perfect fucking Survivor Series team. I, I'm, I'm rating those guys super fucking high right there. That might be my winner so far. All right, and they took on Honky Tonk, Hercules, Dangerous Danny Davis, Ron Bass, and Harley Race. Oh, okay, except for, you know, Dangerous Danny and uh, the Harley Race, Honky Tonk, you know, the, there's some good fucking people there. Yeah. All right. Team nine. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, number nine. Back in 1995. Um... It was Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, Psycho Sid, and British Bulldog. Ooh, that's a good fucking team right there, man. That is a really good team. All those guys are fucking... Ahmed Johnson? I think he's underrated. British Bulldog? And of course, Shawn Michaels. I mean, who who did they take on? Uh, Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, and Team Deadly. Ah, yeah, that's a bullshit team right there. Alright, check this out. In fact, I saw this one on social media today. This was back in the, the inaugural Survivor Series in 1987 as well. Mm-hmm. Andre the Giant, Rick Rude, One Man Gang, King Kong Bundy, and Butch Reed. Butch Reed, what the fuck? How'd he get up in there? That's a good that's a good team right there. Yeah. Because I think it was because they were all... Uh, no, Butch Reed was slick. I thought they were all human guys, weren't they? One time? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're probably no, right. No, they None of them um, talk... None... They, they weren't talkers. They weren't They were promo guys. I'll tell you that. 
Except for except for Ruth. Mm. Like he was the healing guy though. But what uh um at, at one point not, not his old career, but uh who did it? Because I want all you fat ugly <laughs> lazy San Jose sweat hogs. What uh oh, who did it? Okay. <laughs> no, it I, I think he, he liked alliteration, so it had to be like Arizona assholes. <laughs> no. no, that's kind of my joke. Okay, I, I, I kind of went off. Uh, uh, who did? Hey, who did? They, who, did they, who did they uh, face in '87? They took on Hogan, Bam Bam Bigelow, Don Morocco, Paul Ondor, and Ken Pater. Oh, that that's a great fucking that's a great lineup, man. I want to see that again. Oh uh, no, um, they won. Andre won. I know, but I just want to see the match again. Okay. Yeah, you know why? It could be because Hogan could lose, but not lose the belt. That's why they lost. Right. In fact, too, Hogan. You know, Hogan still posed because he, he came out back with the belt and beat up Andre with the belt. <laughs> that dirty Hogan. Right, number seven. In Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero, John Cena, Big Show, and Rob Van Dam. This Ooh. is back in 2004. That's a good team, man. I like that team. Who did, who did they face? And they fought Team Angle, Kurt Angle, Carlito, Mark Jindrak, and Luther Reigns. Ah, poor Angle, man. What a terrible team. Right, we got six more. Team six. Oh, wait. Hold on. Okay. This is one of those. Um, oh, that we'll talk about it after. Team six was the visionary. Hmm. What year? The year was 1990. All right. And uh, it was Rick Martel, the warlord, and power and glory. Shit, I thought Martel was in Power Glory. <laughs> I guess I forgot. And uh, they took on the Vipers, which is Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snooker, and The Rock. And The Rock? Fuck, dude, that's a that's a way better team. What the hell? Exactly. Snuka? That's what it was. You gotta flip. You gotta flip it. Oh like, man, you, yeah. You want to know something else? Yeah, there's a loss that'll make you mad there. Huh. But just reading a quick note, there's one of the few times where uh, a team won without uh, getting anyone eliminated. Mm. Wow. Really? So they, yeah, they, they got it perfect. Yeah, so they they won 4 nothing. you know? Yeah, that, dude, that, yeah, that's a way better team on the other side, man. Holy shit. Rockers. <laughs> Fucking Jake Snake. Jake the Snake's a fucking legend. Anyway. All right, let's go. We got five more teams. All right, number five. The All-Americans. Oh, shit. Which was... Yeah. Which is in... What year was it? Um, 88? 89? No. It give me a year. Huh. Uh, dang. All right. Well, there's no year on this one. No big deal, but the All Americans were the Undertaker, Lex Luger, and the Snyder Bros. Steiner Bros. Right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Rick and uh, and then Scott, Scott and Rick. We took on the Porn Fanatics, which was um, Yokozuna, Ludwig Borga, Quebecer Jack, and Crush. Yeah, that's a bad team, as far as like uh, yeah. uh, rating wise. All right, right. Go so this goes back to uh, one of the uh, well, two thousand one. It was Team WWE. Okay. It was uh, The Rock, Big Show, Undertaker, Kane, and Chris Jericho. Wow, that's, that's a good team. Yeah, that is a really good team. <laughs> for, for that time, awesome team. Who did they take on? Uh, they took on Stone Cold, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, Kurt Angle, and Shane O'Man. Oh, that was almost a good team, too. That that might have beat him yeah. until they got the Shane O'Mac. Yeah. <laughs> that was wow. Yeah. All right. So uh three more teams. Yeah, number three. Uh in nineteen ninety uh I'm sorry, nineteen eighty nine, another good year. It was the Hulkamaniacs. Mm-hmm. Which was Hogan, Jake the Snake. And demolition! Wow! Holy fucking shit! Are you serious? Yeah. That that, that might be my favorite right there. right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they took on uh, the million dollar team, which was DiBiase, Zeus, and Powers of Pain. Oh fuck, dude! That's it. That's it. You don't have to say the next two. That that's my number one right there. That's my number one match. I'm circling that <laughs> one right there. Holy fucking shit. Was that the year we watched? I remember the, the first year we ever watched like live because we used to always have to watch it on uh, on VHS. Was that the first year that our parents got it for us on our grandparents' TV? 89? Uh, I don't remember. I remember. It was whenever Undertaker premiered. I think it was 90. Oh, the next year. Okay, I, I don't remember that. I just remember the one time we got to watch it like live, and I was so fucking excited. I don't even remember <laughs> what it was. Oh, wow, eighty nine. That's right there. I'm, I'm, dude. There's only two more teams left, so surprise me, wow me, go. All right, so uh, this was back in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. It was Team DX, which was Sean Triple H. CM Punk and the Hardy. Wow, that's pretty good. I, I I was never around during the CM Punk days, but I know his legacy and the Hardys. That's pretty fucking good. And then the opposition was Team Rated RKL, which was Edge, Randy Orton, Johnny Nitro, Gregory Helms, and Mike Knox. Mm, yeah. I don't know about Helms and Knox, but that, that yeah. first team was good. Yeah. All right, and then the next one, number one, the Warriors, which is Ultimate Warrior, Texas Tornado, Legion of Doom. Mm, good one. So them versus the perfect team, which was Mr. Perfect and Demolition. Mm. One Demolition had three guys. 
Oh yeah, axe crashing, uh, axe smashed and crush. All right. So, what was your favorite? We think. What do you think was uh, would be the the main event for you? Oh yeah, the number three team. What was that with the uh, Hogan and Jake and Hogan, Dem- Jake, and Demolition? Oh, f- <laughs> come on, man! The, the two man Demolition. Oh yeah, Axe and Smash. They were my favorite tag tag team of all time. I think uh, second oh, yeah. was the Rockers. But I mean, yeah, uh, so fucking great. And Hogan, everyone loved Hogan back in the day. Like we grew up with Hogan, so there was no way you're not loving Hogan in some fucking form of or another. And then Jake the Snake. I mean, his gimmick. No one has ever had a better gimmick in the wrestling game, right? With the Fucking snake in the bag in the corner the whole time. All right. You know, after you know, like now that we're we, we're a little bit more smart about it, and we we heard about the stories about the snake, kind of fucked up. You know, like all the snakes he went yeah. through. Right. Still a good gimmick though. Um. But I I did rank them as you were going. Um. So yeah, that one was good. I don't know if you have your, your list in front of you still. Um, but my next one was uh, number four in 2001. I gave that a, a 4.75 out of five. Who's that again? That was Rock, Big Show, and Undertaker, Kane, and uh, Jericho. Yeah, that was that was my second place. My third place was back uh, number 10. 1987, number 10. I gave that a 4.75 as well. Savage Steamboat Roberts dug in a BK. Yeah, that was that was that was my number three, and then I had uh, or that was my yeah, that my number three. Um, one, two, oh, and then uh, my fourth place I gave uh, to number two. Should have told you to go up to two thousand six, number two. Oh, that was the, the DX team. Yeah, John Triple H, CM, and the Hardy. Oh yeah, fucking awesome. And then I had a a, a few di- uh, tied for. Uh, for the next at four point five, but I wouldn't have you go through all of them because they're all over the place. So, which one was your favorites? Uh, geez, I like I like Team Three. I like the Hulkamaniacs, Logan yeah. Roberts, Demolition. I like that one. Um, did I like an early team? Yeah, I gotta agree. Like Team Ten was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that one team that we we kind of got upset about the. Um, the the Vipers, with Robert Snuka and the Rockers. Oh, what number is that? Well, they were the oppositions for Team Six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Team Six, I gave that a three point oh. Yeah, back in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Had I known the opposition was there, because the opposition is in fine print under oh, like yeah. pictures and stuff. Uh, yeah, I would have. I would have. I would have. Like have you do a second score? No, I got you. Yeah, there, there were some opposition yeah. that were better than the uh, the main team. Yeah. No, but yeah, Survivor Series. Uh, again, g- going back, I think that was one of my favorite um, favorite pay per view styles. Just the, the whole concept of a elimination tag matches. It was cool, man. And in fact, it was on Thanksgiving. Everyone's home watching TV. Like, why not? Like, put some on TV. Uh, I think Vince had. A great idea there, and after the corporation took over, they couldn't do it anymore. They they had to do they had to do it on the weekend because I think it just drew more money. 
for it. So I get it. It just wasn't the same. So how's your beer treating you? Good, John. <laughs> That's a good sign. So we're going to rate our yeah. beers on untapped right now. Uh, what did you have again? I forgot. I had the 21st Amendment Hell or High Water Cold Brew IP. Or Cold IP. Or cold IP. Alright, so what would you like to rate this beer at? Uh, now that I have many cold IPAs, I really liked it. I still remember that cold IPA we had at Firestone too, so I'm going to give this one yeah. a, a 375. Yeah. I mean, it's up there. I'm not sure if it's the the king. It might be. Mm. I mean, it could possibly get bumped up. However, right now, uh, very enjoyable. Uh, for, for me, that's a solid rating for that style. And, uh, and yeah, it's going to be a while before uh, I find something I like as much, I think. All right, so you have 255 characters. What would you like to write on the notes for Brufy or Die Cold IPA? Uh, everything crisp, aromatic, happy, not bitter. Crisp, aromatic. Oops, I put armoratic. <laughs> Same thing. Um, poppy, not bitter. All right, save and check in. None of our friends have rated it as of right now. It has an overall rated right now of 3.57. So we are right there. So I had by Ranch Hand Brewing. Microburst Hazy IPA. This is a good beer. I really liked it. It's very solid. Um, not the best hazy I ever had, uh, but not definitely not the worst. Far from the worst. So I'm gonna give it a uh, 4.0. So let me look it up on Untapped. I, I haven't even seen this uh, brewery or this uh, beer, so everything right now is super new to me. So I had a micro burst hazy, but there it is. There's an overall rating of 3.81. None of our friends have rated it right now. So we'll be the first out of all of our friends to rate it. Check in. And let me see here. All right. So I'm going to say it is. It is a uh, smooth trop and smooth and tropical. I think this, the, those are the best uh, descriptors I can give it right now. Tropical. All right, save. Check in. All right, so the one more thing I want to get to, because I know your daughters and my daughter will never uh, get to hear this. Um, what have you What have you thought about getting your daughters for uh, Christmas this year? Anything special? Anything big? Do you and your wife like plan like one big gift and a bunch of small things, or just they're too young to even really realize anything that's going on? Um. Yeah, they're they're kind of because they're so they're so young. I mean, my. Uh, 
my youngest daughter just turned one, and, and my older daughter she she'll be three in January. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're fortunate where like family still spoils them a lot, so right, <laughs> they have enough stuff. Really, I mean, we need to start getting rid of the uh, clothes. The one year old that grew, um, yeah, toys that they don't use anymore. Um, if anything, stuff to organize their toys. Um, but no, we don't have anything planned. Um, you know, we, we went on vacation um, last week before the wedding, and uh, we might do another trip for my uh, my older daughter's birthday too. So we're kind of just kind of doing stuff for them, not stuff for them. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, let me get to the brass tacks a bit. All. Um, what should I get them for the for Christmas? Hmm. Um, get them clothes, get them stuff like, like bigger than the, what, what they wear now. So, uh, okay. they won't wear it out because they got plenty of stuff like that. Um, you get them toys, anything Disney princess is there. That's their vibe or mini mouse right now. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, that's about it. Right on. I'm, uh, when they get older, like it, it is, it gets a little bit harder. Like right now, like your youngest. She don't care. She's one. <laughs> what the fuck does she right. know, right? Um, yeah. Your oldest is almost three, so she's a little bit more sophisticated. She kind of gets it. Like at this point, she should be able to open her own presents, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. I'm. Maybe you can uh, text me like uh, um, later on, like uh, what to get them because I, I do want to get them because they're my nieces. So I feel like I have the. I have the uh, I want to make them happy, and you know, and, and kids—they—they're very materialistic when they're <laughs> when they're young. <laughs> um, uh, all joking aside, though, I I do want to get them something. And my daughter, like like we, she and I, we've been uh, um, we've been doing a lot of uh, bike riding together. And she kind of mentioned last week, uh, we went today, but she also mentioned last week that she wants uh, like gears. So I'm gonna buy her a 24 inch mountain bike. In fact, I already bought it. Like it's it's coming in the mail. So if you could think of like any accessories, if, like to get her, um, you know, more power to you. But if you uh, think of something else, that's fine too. Um, but yeah, so I never bought her a bike for Christmas. So this is kind of this is gonna be kind of fun. I'm gonna get those those pom poms and come up handlebar. <laughs> Get us some hub shiners as well. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I'm gonna get one of those uh those bicycle uh, uh wrapping papers, you know, you can just drape over the bike. So yeah, I'm I'm I think this this might be uh, a winner for me. I don't know, who knows? <laughs> she might hate it at the same time though, you know? You never know, man. You really don't. Like once your 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 daughters start getting older. You think you, you you have them like pegged, and you, those those zag on you. It, it's gonna happen. Those zag. Uh, Christmas is a great time. Christmas is is fun for kids anyway. All right, man. Anything else you'd like to add to this uh, episode? No, nothing that comes to mind right now. I, I was gonna talk to you about something. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe if you think of it, write it down. We'll talk about it next episode. What? 
Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next time.